Well, we find ourselves here in June, and um, the cool part about June, unless you happen to have written a book recently, Will, uh, is that is a time when normally things are slowing down. However, all three of us are at a point, particular point in our life, but that's not the case, because as you probably know, Will has written a book recently. It's called... Uh, um, <laughs> Go ahead. You got it. I almost it. said How Lucky. Oh, God. <laughs> you should buy How time. Lucky also. It's called The Time Has Come. I've read it. It's excellent. Go buy it at Amazon or your local bookstore or wherever it is you can get a book. It doesn't matter as long as you pay for it and Will gets paid so we can have better equipment. Um, the second thing is Scott has been knee-deep in uh, youth baseball and all that goes with that, and I've been busy with. Now, that's a very long way of saying, guys, we're sorry it's been since before G-Day, but we're here to talk to you today. And you are listening to episode 344. I'm going to go ahead and cut that short because I don't know how it's going to sound. You're listening to episode 344 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Scott Duvall, joined by my other co-host, Tony Waller, and my least favorite co-host, Will Leach. And I'm, just, I'm just saying that because you were last in line. Um, no, but today we, we have not podcasted in eight weeks from yesterday. Uh, April 12th was the last time that we did a podcast. So this will be our summer catch-up show uh, as we kind of get in uh, fighting shape for uh, the college football season, which is about 86 days from kickoff. Georgia kicks off in 86 days. If you count week zero, uh, subtract seven days, that would be 79 days? 36. 36 days. So, uh, And we're also trying one other new thing. We might... If this whole thing works out, uh, and if I hit, remember to hit record and the, the visuals look good, uh, then this will be on YouTube as well, which is something that I would like to um, investigate and try for this coming college football season. So, Tony, all the, down, cool, all, all the cool podcasters are doing it. I mean, I mean, I feel a little bit of pressure being a video editor to kind of figure out how to put my podcast. It's a problem, on too, because it's going to be super hard. To like not because I mean honestly like I'm assuming every time that I, I, you guys don't know this but every time I talk Scott and Tony both immediately roll their eyes and start looking at their phones and so that's going to be harder that's going to be harder uh, in a YouTube environment true true I don't think it's great that you don't notice that even when we're in person so I think that's fair right. yeah so uh, Tony right. Tony you're in you're in uh, you're in Savannah and Will you're in Athens and I'm in uh, Watkinsville. I'm doing a 24-hour stopover in Athens. <laughs> before, uh, yes, I have. I have been in. Uh, yesterday, I was in Chicago. Before that, I was in Los Angeles. Before that, I was in St. Louis, and then I was in uh, New York twice. And now, uh, I, on the last day of the of the first round of the book tour is uh, is Tuesday in Missoula. Wednesday, excuse me, in Missoula, Montana. If you are in in or near Missoula. Uh, please come by. It will be a fun time. If you come by, I promise I will buy. If you are a, a listener to this podcast and at that and at that event in Missoula, I will buy you three beers of your choice. That is, that is an actual fact because I think right now that it's, we've had a very good turnout at these events. But Missoula, I was kind of a last minute edition. I assume it's going to be me, the person that owns the bookstore, and perhaps a goat or a stray buffalo. So, uh, which is fine. Which is fine. I've never been to Montana, so I'm excited to see it. But it's been a very successful tool. It's been very, very fun. Uh, we're going to have actually a big event in St. Simons the week, uh, the Thursday before the Georgia-Florida game, which I'm very, very excited about. Right, out, right on books, which is right with the jittery Joes in there. So we're going to have a that's, that, I'm, I'm finally going to Georgia-Florida for the first time. I even got my Airbnb knocked down. Now I, already got, I got it set up. I had to confirm that I was not a college student and didn't have a bunch of college students with me. Once I confirmed that, they allowed me to have the Airbnb. <laughs> so we're all, we're, all, we're all set. So this is my first year of the Georgia-Florida game, which I've been. So, Will, how is the uh, how's how are things going with the book? I as I even though I botched the name of the book, it is called "The Time Has Come." Uh, any similarities to places in Athens are purely coincidental, uh, but it, it's fantastic. Uh, and I and I sent you a text when I finished it. Um, you just nailed the landing, man. You really, really did a great job of researching all the characters. Book is clear. You care about your characters. Um, and I I didn't mean to give a, a mini book review here, but it's just it's really a great read. Um, very different than How Lucky, which is fine because you are flexing your muscles as a writer and it's clear you're really, really good at this shit. 
Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully, and there's still thematic connections to how lucky, and there's even a Daniel reference for those of you who have read how lucky he, he pops up uh, at, at one point, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, it's, uh, it's going great. Uh, I would say that uh, I keep joking on the book tour because the, whatever the next book is going to be, is going to some evolve somewhat about how the time has come does. And if like the next, so you'll know if the time is, if the next book uh, that I write is some strange, esoteric, uh, uh, confusing, difficult, but mad piece of art, of pop art, you'll know that this one did great. <laughs> and if the next one is Travis and Daniel from How Lucky solving mysteries out of a van, you'll know this one didn't do well. We're in the middle. That's where we are. We're in the middle. We're doing fine. We're, do, we're doing fine. So so it's not, it hasn't quite exploded like How Lucky, but it's done very fine and they're very happy, which, uh, which to me has always been the goal of these. Always make this the minimum or they're happy with how things are going, and then hopefully one will bust out. So uh, I, I, we've definitely found as more people read it, uh, they are telling other people about it, which is the way it's supposed to work. Uh, people do tend to like it. So, uh, but we're going to keep making them. And after I get back from Montana, I will go to London for the uh, for the Cardinals Cub Series. Nothing book related going on with them. Just taking my parents there for the Cardinals Cub Series, uh, and then. Uh, and then I'm back and uh, actually here for the for the summer a little bit, which will be kind of nice because I I kind of miss this place that I live. But I keep saying, how are the Cardinals doing this year, Will? I don't. I you know I have not had the opportunity to check the standings, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going. Just one. I just look at the NL East standings. I don't pay attention yeah. to the Central. I'm just gonna take a big swig of coffee and go look at the MLB standings right now. <laughs> okay. What? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit tough start. It's a tough start, but they're they're fortunately they're not in the same division as the Braves, and so they still have a chance uh, because uh, the Braves are a good team, and the NL Central has no good teams. I know there's some been some frustration with the Braves because the pitching and so on. You guys are gonna be fine if only if only everyone could have the problems that the Braves. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have the opportunity to go to the Sunday game at Wrigley in August. Uh, the the Cubs Cardinals. It turns out I have a trip there. Uh, and our friend Paul Pless is going to join me. Uh, who is he's a Cubs fan, but he's a good Cubs fan. Um, but uh, I, I, when I was looking at the calendar, I'm sorry, late July, not August. Um, I looked at the calendar. I was like, well, I guess I have to get to Chicago early that day because it is the it's the series finale of the Cubs cards, and it seems like it will tell you a little bit about how about, about how both teams are doing. In that there are an awful lot of seats for a late July game still available. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not going great enough. Not going great enough. But um, anyway, so yeah, so but so I'm excited, I, and I will be excited too once we get back to get back to our regular schedule. I'm ready to get back going. I've I picked up my first copy of uh, Athlon. The Athlon guide is out. I'm very proud to report. So I've been I'm I'm already starting the. This is all. It's around this time of year when I make my first trip to some sort of water place and 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 drink a um, a light beverage. Uh, and read my Athlon college football preview. So I've not done that yet, but I have. I do possess it, so I'm prepared accordingly. So I, I, I am ready. I'm ready for that. Is Athlon the go-to, or has it changed? Because I, I just read online. Um, yeah. I don't pick up the the magazines, and plus, I'm so f- I don't go to the grocery store uh, magazine aisle really anymore. But I remember it was so Lindy. Yeah, it's basically just things about guns and whatever celebrity just died. <laughs> Is it, you got Lindy's, you've got Athlon. And those are really got, kind of the only two. Are they, they the only yeah. two? And then you've got the well, who's the, the guy that writes in the small the small. Oh, Phil Steele. Phil Steele. That's not the one about Phil Steele. I'm I've not gotten my Athlon yet, but it did just come out, so I have a little time. Yeah, I did. Uh, Athlon is generally the best one. I did also see that uh, this is I don't remember this uh, occurring last year, but if you're a season ticket holder. Uh, they sent me an email wondering if I would like a physical copy of the media guide, uh, which I think my last one is 2019. Um, so I, I ticked yes on it that I would like it. And um, so maybe if you're a season ticket holder, you might get that option. But I guess they're only offering it to season ticket holders. I don't know. That'll be $200, please. Um, so speaking of water places, Scott said I was in Savannah. I will be in Savannah Tomorrow for the State Bar, the Georgia State Bar meeting, I'm actually in Baxley, Georgia, I'm just north of on the Alamaha River, uh, because podcasting is a visual medium. I'm going to show a picture in case Scott decides to do this. I am on the balcony of my friend Stephen Tillman's place, uh, which is, I don't know, 200 yards downriver from the place my parents have had for about 30 years. Um, 
in, in on the Omaha River. Uh, but I just, I, I felt like I should shout out Stephen uh, and tell him thank you. He is the only one with good internet in South Georgia. Uh, that's not true, uh, but he's the only one that's close with good internet. So I appreciate him giving me the opportunity uh, to, to be here because I really, 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 really wanted to do a podcast with y'all uh, because I know it seems weird, but I miss talking to you. Uh, and uh, even though we trade texts, uh, if we don't actually schedule this, by the way, if you're not in a, if you're not a full-fledged adult yet, this is how adult, uh, adult, um, for the most part, adult, especially adult male interactions and friendships uh, take place. You have to schedule them uh, because <laughs> you just have to, right? It's not like me, but I mean, we'll get out of here. here. Once the kids get out of here, we don't have to, right? Then we can. No, we'll no, no. Yeah. I would assume that's right. Like, look, I love the kids. I love my kids. They are they're fantastic people. The, the tax deductions are high enough, but still, I love my kids. Uh, but no, it's it's all about that because. You know, anytime I schedule something, if it's not on the calendar, at least two weeks ahead, invariably something will pop up. And I know all uh, you two are in the same situation. Um, but I appreciate y'all making yourselves available today because, frankly, I was really close to taking my phone and just talking to random people on the street. I mean, more than I actually, than I actually do. Now. That would probably go viral, Tony. So you might should do that. You could make all the YouTube AdSense money with that. Yeah, probably. So, but, you know, since we talked last, I have become... The president of NALP, I gave a rousing speech in uh, in Vancouver, which is where our conference was. Um, I am happy to report that I made it almost all the way through without crying. I only cried when I got to my kids, which is uh, a, a victory in and of itself. Um, and Scott, you've been busy with uh, with Walker softball. I mean, baseball. Yeah, he didn't play softball. Uh, no, oh, yeah. Um, You'd be good. Yeah, he would. He would be good. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've done a lot of, you know, this is really the first year, you know, I, I tell a lot of parents who, you know, I see, you know, I do some work at the yard training over here in Watkinsville and he didn't start travel ball till he was 14, 14 U. Now he's in 15 U. And I think that it was, it, it, it did two things. One, it prepared him properly for high school, but two, by not starting till he was 14, we didn't get tired of it. Uh, for 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 you. Uh, he just played Little League and that was it. But um, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun because it's still kind of new to me. He played his freshman high school season and now he's playing a bunch of perfect game tournaments where that's a whole different thing because it's not right down the road. Like last week we were in Kennesaw for three days. This weekend we're going to Macon, Georgia for three days. And then you have to also purchase your admittance fee uh, into there to watch your child play in a game where the only fans are the parents. But I digress. Uh, it is great. It's great uh, training. Um, the the teams are fun. The teams are good. You see a really a lot of really really good baseball, and you can see the learning curve really jumps up because uh, if they're wanting to be serious about high school baseball, which he is, it's the same way my other son Jack is serious about high school golf. He's currently at the Chris Hack Golf Camp right now as we speak. Um, you know, I think, I think that's a good thing for these, uh, teenagers to occupy their, their time during summer. And, uh, before I end, I want to congratulate my son, Jack. He just received a, a, a job offer from the university of Georgia golf course. So if you out there play golf, you might see Jack washing your cart or checking you in or getting you some range balls. Make sure you give him a, give him a tip. If the tip is plant your corn late. It's going to be a wet spring on um, so. Uh, so, you know, one last, yeah, one last thing before we talk about, um, before we go and talk about some George athletic stuff, uh, I do want to remind, or, or make a, a, to tell everybody, Will and Scott know this, but I had the opportunity to interview Ryan Nanny of the Shutdown Fullcast earlier this week. I will get that up in the next couple of weeks. It, um, it was evergreen because if you've listened to the Shutdown Fullcast, you know, uh, as a member of Shutdown Fullcast, Ryan does not stick to any sort of script schedule, whatever, probably the most, um, most current event thing we talked about was live golf since that literally was in, in the middle of breaking when we were talking, we were talking, uh, or the, the PGA live golf, not merger or whatever they're calling it. Uh, but I did want to make sure uh, I talked about that. Um, and it occurred to me that we did have a couple of people both at my conference and in the wild, um, ask if I was the guy from the George podcast, which never ceases to be like awesome. So we appreciate, uh, and there was one listener in particular that reached out on Twitter who now lives in Vancouver, and I appreciate uh, him doing that. 
Um, but we, it's really, it's a lot of fun. I um, also want to say thanks to, thanks to Larry Edwards for continuing to say we need another podcast as a, a friend of mine in, in Milledgeville who, um, who reaches out occasionally. It's like, we need another podcast. So I'm like, I'm fine, Larry. I will text the guys and we will set a time. So, uh, so, so Georgia stuff. Yeah, I'm up for that. <laughs> so I, I just, I'll start it out by saying, you know, I am, uh, I am at the river with my father who is, um, he is an interesting, although I think probably would say an, an average consumer of UGA athletic stuff, meaning, um, about 75% of what he hears, it's either through the SEC network or talking to people at church. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he is utterly convinced Stetson Bennett is going to be starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. He will not be. Um, but, you know, on top of that, he is um, he is appropriately worried about what is going to happen with the offense with the new quarterback. Of course, you know, he, being from Pierce County, he thinks Stetson was the greatest quarterback in the history of fill in the blank. Um, and, and just hard to argue, at least standing here today, that he wasn't he is not an all time great for UGA. Um but I also think it is worth taking a minute, a minute to to talk about a big elephant in the room, which is Georgia uh, Georgia football players driving. Um, and I, I realize that's a little bit of a whiplash. Um, I I don't have any wild sage take on this, other than to say that I work with law students who have um, a, a lot on the line, and they make dumb decisions too. And presumably, they are. Um, I mean, they are certainly more mature on one level. They're usually older, um, but they also are. Um, they also don't have the specter of Kirby Smart or whatever else might come down the the pack. I don't know. There's an answer to that, Will. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Just because, you know, you you are the smart. You're also a, a sports writer, and you're also the, the smart guy in the room. Just, I mean, what can be done? I mean, I don't know what more you can do. I mean, the, the difference between your law students and the difference between us when we were stupid college students is if we did something stupid, it didn't make the news. It didn't reflect on something that was larger. Than, I guess the student law students could, but generally speaking, if I did something stupid in college, nobody cared because I was unimportant. <laughs> and um, like, it's not like they've known, I doubt the Daily Illini would report on its own uh, staffers. Uh, no, nobody really cares. Um, and so I think that's really the thing, particularly now, um, you know, I don't it is, you know, I don't I don't think we're we're not the old Rick uh, has has uh, has Kirby Smart lost control uh, of his program or nothing like that, of course. But like, man, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I think that uh, there is. I think these are individual incidents and uh, and but it would you would think in the wake of, you know, the worst possible thing that could possibly happen at the worst possible time. That there would be some sort of uh, come to Jesus moment for a lot of people, and uh, so every time you see uh, any evidence of that not happening, it's a little disturbing. Particularly because I would argue one of the downsides of um, kind of the way that sports in general and college sports specifically are run right now, uh, they are very uh, siloed. They're very close to We really don't really get a sense of what's going on inside of these programs there was a time where after every game or at every practice reporters could talk to every player all the time and there was this sort of transparency and this sort of understanding and now uh media is something to be controlled or something to like met certain things out to so because of that all we don't know what we don't, we don't really have a sense of what's ever actually going on in the program other than when these public events happen and so therefore it's very difficult to it's always a little frustrating when you'll see someone from within a program, whether it's from the athletic department or from the football program itself or whatever programs having it in Georgia or anywhere else, when like, well, you don't know what's going on inside this program. I'm telling these guys, like, this is just the public stuff. This is all you see. Well, there's a reason for that. Like, make us believe then. Because right now, all we're allowed to see are these public instances that are bad. And so I would argue, uh, you know, I think in a general sense, um, Teams that have won two national, two consecutive national championships, uh, do not seem to be in the uh, self humbling business. So, uh, for good reason, right? But I do think that, like you know, um, I think there, I do think if, if you think there's a, do I think there's a connection between uh, the success of the program and a general understanding that they do not feel particularly accountable 
uh, to any outside forces. I don't think there's any question those two things are connected. As long as they keep winning national championships, they won't have any problem. Um, the problem is you don't always win national championships every year. And so I think the programs that do this correctly, um, and there aren't many anymore, are, are the ones that have more transparency and have more understanding of what's going on with these. And, and let remember, you're not talking to reporters. You're talking to the public. You're talking to the people like that's the idea. And I think when things are as closed off as they are at Georgia and really a lot of places right now, when all you see, the only thing we ever learn about these players and what's going on in there is when something like this happens. The way to fix that is to open, open uh, crack the door open up a little bit and let people know what's going on. But if, they, if they're not going to do that, uh, I think that uh, um, I think it's reasonable it's it's reasonable to not take them at their word to be like these are isolated incidents. These are this is not what's going on in the program. Sure, you say that, but that's all you say. And so I, I'm skeptical in that regard. But how you fix it, I mean that that I don't know. I'm 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 not a football coach ahead of a large number of people. I think certain it's one thing to have a player make a mistake every once in a while. It's another thing to have again the worst possible thing that could possibly happen that not did not happen that long ago. And to have still instances in the wake of that, I think, is, is pretty disturbing. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, and that is there are only so much of the message you can control, and um, you certainly can't control how... Look, I, I, we can live in a world where uh, people are probably unnecessarily pearl-clutching and also, that's the only thing they can do because that's the only information they have, which is, um, which is kind of the, the way I think. I think that's that's the thing, right? Like if we if we were getting a if we were like, oh yeah, we know this kid, or we know we we have a very good sense of what this program is like behind closed doors, and so we know that this is an aberration. But we don't see that. We don't know that. We're just supposed to take everybody's word on that. And so when stuff like this leaks out, or some or an instance like this comes up, or and again. Do I think it's different if they hadn't had the profile, high profile incident about the after the after the thing? Of course, of course, it's it's different. But like that is that to me is the sort of incident that should shake a place to its foundations. I think it clearly hasn't. <laughs> I think it clearly hasn't. And uh, and I don't want to be too negative about uh, about this because I I like to talk about the awesome new quarterback recruit that they got, uh, which is something we have not had a chance to talk about uh, either. We will get to that. But I uh, you know you know my general sense on this. I think that. Uh, I think that uh, uh, outside of just sports and football, when people have power uh, and are not held accountable to it, uh, sometimes that power is abused. And uh, and I think that accountability, particularly at a public university where all of us are all giving a crap load of money uh, to these people, accountability should not be too much to ask. I, for the record, I don't think any of these guys are jerks. No, like they're young. No. You saw, like yeah, I I did a lot dumber things really into my thirties. If I'm entirely. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, I, I, a lot worse things than that. And I get it. I just think that like, listen, do I think, I think the athletic department is not fully reckoned with what happened after the championship parade. And, uh, and I think that, uh, uh, or I think you are right in the macro, but, uh, in the micro in the idea, like these are kids, mistakes happen. Like I'm, they're not monstrous people or anything like that. It doesn't mean it's an athletic department out of control. It just means I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. there really hasn't been any sort of public reckoning in it. So because I don't know, uh, it's reasonable not to just take it. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, new core rock recruit. That was exciting. Uh, I, where's I he from? Say... Where's he? Derailo, where is he from? He is from, uh, he's Tony? from Phoenix. 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 And more to the point. Who is that? The, 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 Dylan Rayola, the, the big quarterback dude that they got. The uh, Oh, yeah. The. That he's from Phoenix, but his name is still Dylan. So he has the name of a Southern dude. Like he has the name of a Southern. I know a lot of Dylans around here. Um, but uh, uh, it's not Dylan Bob, but uh, it's still Dylan. Uh, I, I I think it's funny. It's always good to be the program. Like I don't think Georgia people quite appreciate how much Nebraska had put into this guy. Like he was going to be the savior. They've got their new coach. He his I think his uncle played for the team. He was low, like he was all built up to be their guy. And Georgia's like and Georgia where he has no connections <laughs> and and a place that theoretically has not always been able to usher five star quarterbacks uh, quite through the system the way that they were going that we all thought they were going to. They're like yeah, we'll take him. 
<laughs> we'll take him. We'll we'll just go ahead and grab him. Uh, that it's it's good to be the king. Uh, that's the that's the that's the sign of what's happening when you just grab a guy and say, yeah, no, we'll just take him, and then you just get him. And Nebraska's like completely falls apart uh, because of it. Uh, it's it's nice. To be that well, and the crazy thing is, is uh, there's a there's a four star that had already committed a uh, Puglisi or. Uh, I think that's his last name, Ryan Puglisi. I could be uh, messing that up. But anyway, he's still committed um, to come to Georgia. And, of course, you've got Vandergriff, you've got Beck, you've got Gunnar Stockton. I mean, you know, you know, you don't want someone to transfer, but, I mean, somebody's gonna. And, uh, you know, I think Rayola is definitely, with, the, with, with what we've seen, the, the good that we saw of Stetson, towards uh, his last two years winning national championships, I think that you're going to get really high-caliber um, dual threat with Rayola. And, I mean, with the tight ends that they're stacking, there was another, there was another uh, mention uh, yesterday of, of some other new five-star plus maybe six-star <laughs> type tight end that they're just stacking up there. Uh, Rayola's tweeting about it. Um, he's helping recruit, which is always something you like to see when a kid commits. If you see on on their public Twitter feed that they're also encouraging other uh, four star and five stars to follow suit, but yeah, it's exciting. I mean, even my dad uh, texted me the day he he committed, and I knew that when he did that, that it really made some uh, waves around. Yeah, and I mean, so the the thing that's going on with Georgia right now is you hear you you hear the trope that um, certain programs were themselves Georgia's that program now right as long as Kirby Smart is here as long as um he is leading the vision from the top down um you have to assume that Georgia recruiting is going to maintain a pretty high level um you know that doesn't mean Alabama is going anywhere and it will certainly get to the 24 and beyond schedule in a minute and going to divisionless SEC football but you know you um I, I think that's going to lead to even more of a um, two Kings and then the rest kind of situation, at least as long as Nick Saban stays Alabama, who knows? He might not even coach the 24 year. I, that's not a prediction. I'm just saying the dude's old. Um, and when you consider what, but when you consider what George is doing, um, stockpiling talent on um, it, I wouldn't say unfair is the right way of feeling because it's our team, but it certainly harkens back to, before there were signing limits, um, when Georgia has two of the top 15 or, two or so quarterbacks from the entire class signed right now, or, or at least committed right now. Um, and that, that that doesn't even count the the five-star lineman that committed, the five-star tight end that committed, the five-star receiver that committed, the five-star running back that committed. Um, and... Um, yeah, and the people want to make a big deal about well, Bear Alexander left and George's NIL and all this stuff. I, I, I think Georgia, why they wanted Bear Alexander to stay, I think it's safe to say that Bear Alexander saw himself and his role and his place in the Georgia firmament to be different, vision-wise than what Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, and Glenn Schumann had in mind for him. Um, and you know that's, I, I think. I don't like I don't like to use the word culture just because it feels like a, a a lazy a lazy trope almost. But it doesn't fit into what you know the interior the inside the locker room the uh, big team little me concept that Kirby seems to be preaching uh, in, in 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 making work with this group. Um, so it is exciting when you look at recruiting. I, and look, I I I stay out of recruiting just because it it feels. I wouldn't say dirty is not, it's not even the right way of feeling. It just feels almost like until they sign, it's just, it's a, it's news cycle fodder until they sign. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of people uh, and all of y'all listening probably subscribe or know, but there's a lot of recruiting analysts, especially just on the Georgia beat that do a much, much better job than the three of us could combined. Uh, and they're interested in it and they follow it. And so, you know, whether you subscribe to, I don't even know. I don't subscribe to him. What, what, two, uh, 24 seven, um, there's on three or 
I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them out there, so you can get your information that way. But yeah, I mean, it trickles down, you know, with, with big signings like this, especially in the off season or commitments, uh, when it trickles down like that, you know, kind of what Tony said, the teams that are, you know, like South Carolina or Tennessee trying to chase Georgia down, I guarantee you there's a segment of their fan, fan base that they're kind of like, I mean, what are we going to, what do we have to do to, to catch a break? You know, so this has been the plan. Uh, I love right? this. Is, yeah. This is why Kirby Smart's here, right? Right. <laughs> this, this, is, this is this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Is you just stack on stack on stack. Well, that's how I would feel. I mean, that's how I used to feel during the the, the end of the Rick era or during the Rick era when George was just so close, and you'd see Florida or Alabama, Flor uh, uh, jump up uh, Auburn. You know, it's like come on, can we catch a break? And that's 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 kind of a really good feeling uh, now that we're twice on top and i mean with our schedule i mean it yeah. might be three i mean we'll, we can get into that but i mean well, we'll definitely, yeah. that schedule is uh it, it's it's different let's just put i would way. be curious remember when we had seth emerson on and he talked about how he, his his story uh traffic numbers were lower yeah uh, after they won the championship i would be curious if anyone covers recruiting anecdotally i find uh obsession with georgia recruiting at a much lower level than I have seen it uh, uh, since before they won the championships. And it's not because people don't care. It's just everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to win these wars. <laughs> like the Manning recruitment was like somewhat interesting, somewhat a thing. But otherwise, like generally speaking, I mean, you know, always be recruiting and they're always recruiting. And Georgia generally doesn't lose these bats. There's sometimes like a, oh, maybe they, oh, is this the year they finished second to Ohio State or second to Alabama? But the the idea that there's some sort of issue is seems silly. Tony, you're echoing. Tony, you're echoing. Yeah. Did you do something different? I was was I talking? No, was I no, talking? We're just, we're just hearing your audio. We're hearing your audio. Did we're you change something? We're hearing your audio. Did you change something? No. So <laughs> Um. All right, hold on. The worst part about that is hearing what I sound like after I talk. Right. Right. Okay. Now it stopped. Oh, no, I turned it down. Okay, but I can barely hear y'all. But that's okay, that's fine. I'll listen close. So wait, so so does that sound coming from your headphones into your mic? That has to be what's happening. Yeah, I, I don't have my headphones at all. Huh. Oh, well that but you don't have headphones in at all? No, I took them out earlier because y'all couldn't hear me when I had the headphones in. And it worked uh, for the first thirty minutes of this podcast to where we didn't hear an echo. Yeah. So hmm. Carry on, anyway, Tony. Yes. Hey, okay. G Day, Carson now? Beck. Oh, G -Day, now you're back. Carson now you're back. back. Yeah, G Day, Carson Beck. He's a quarterback. We knew that, right? I mean, I like him. I, I, think, I think he's good. I mean, we, I know we saw limited action with him last year, but uh, I mean, I've seen him up close. He's definitely prototypical. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw him at a golf tournament. He's got all these tattoos down his legs. Uh, looks great. I mean, I mean, he's athletic. He looks cool. He kind of looks the part. Uh, uh, a, a good leader, um, and he's got a, a cannon for an arm and been in the system. What seemingly this is his third year, so I, I'm I'm thinking of big things uh, coming out of Beck. I mean, I know he's kind of an unknown commodity, but uh, Vandergrift is probably going to have to do something special in fall camp, uh, maybe even Stockton to to usurp him. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about Beck is he um, he is a little his his prototypical uh, drop back quarterback. Um, it's in a weird way. It is a um, it's kind of interesting that that when you couple that with Mike Bobo being the new offensive coordinator, um, I, I, I suspect our offense, even though it's going to have the vestiges of modern offenses that that Todd Munkin has brought here. Did I get the name right finally? Yes. Just in time for him to leave. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Todd Munkin. Um so when you get the vestiges of modern offense and with what you know what we did with Mike Bobo, keep in mind Mike Bobo up until Todd Munkin had among the more prolific offenses in Georgia history, uh in eleven and twelve. Um so you know I think we'll be in a situation where the offense is gonna be fine. Um you know, the offensive line, look at the schedule, the way it sets up, you know, the, the 
first game that you're worried about would be the South Carolina game. Um, that game's at home. It's going to be the CBS game. It is, it's a, it's to, to, to us old heads, it is weird that CBS is going to start their, their last year of SC, CBS on SEC, SEC on CBS, not with Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Tennessee, but with Georgia, South Carolina. And, um, you know, 2008, Tony would have never believed that's a thing. Um, so, but you know, you, you get Carson back, getting the start with the offense, having a couple of games that are going to be, we'll put it this way. If they're not good warm-up games, we have bigger problems than who our quarterback is. They've announced some of the game times already, which seems a little yeah. bit early. And Tony, I know that's your, that's your jam. Uh, semi-night game. Semi-night. Semi, yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, six o'clock in September is not a night game. Right, 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 right. And if that, depending on that game, depending on how hot it is, how that game goes, it can have a running clock in the fourth quarter anyway. So, yeah, like, we've seen that. We've seen that in the past. But well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, like if it's gonna be that hot, uh, six o'clock is. I'd rather be at six than than three thirty. Oh, I'm fine with six o'clock. And uh, <laughs> you know the the way that I mean, here's the thing. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But the way South Carolina finished last season and all of the stuff that Shane Beamer has been doing, I fully expect South Carolina to potentially finish second in the East this year. I think Tennessee's going to come back down a little bit, down to earth, even though I like their quarterback, uh, Milton. I think he's going to be a good uh, replacement for a hooker. But, um, you know, Shane Beamer, I think he's got that something special. He's not as, uh, he's not as dy dynamic as Kirby. And Kirby humbled him and their fans. By the way, the fans were gone in the second quarter last year, but I digress. He humbled South Carolina. But I'm, I'm already circling that game uh, that that could be a little bit of, uh, of a tight one as we get towards the fourth. No running clock versus South Carolina this year. I mean, I would take a running clock against South Carolina always. <laughs> Just generally speaking. That is like that. That speaks to what the schedule is next year. Yeah, it's like okay, well, okay, South Carolina. Well, guess tell us something because <laughs> it's not that. It's nothing for you know. I think that, and again, I feel obliged to point out for all the complaints with the schedule, this is not their fault. They wanted to play Oklahoma. Like right. there was nothing they could do. They did not choose to get rid of Oklahoma and put Ball State in. Right. They wanted to play Oklahoma. It is not, you know, this, this, the, the early schedule is pretty lousy, but it is not actually their fault. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of national pundits this year who don't really do their homework, trash the Georgia schedule and say, oh, can you believe this? But remember what Will just said. It is a matter of fact that the SEC literally five months ago said, Georgia, you can't play this game, this awesome sectional game you know that you were that you and your fans were looking forward to you can't play it because they decided to come to the sec and it just would be weird so um remember that <laughs> yeah because that game would have been fun it's well, all you're talking yeah, but, about you know you just have to go win the national championship game by 58 points again that's all you can do yeah, yeah. that's all that is all you can do yeah george is the evil villain which i love I, i'm i'm embracing that this year speaking of schedules uh what yeah. do we want do we want to talk eight game nine game what do you think uh eight game nine game what do you think tony um, I think it'll eventually go to nine games. Um, I think there's some stuff that's bubbled up that's interesting. You know, e kind of the easy money in assessing why it didn't go to nine games is like ESPN wouldn't quite get to the number that SEC wanted, but there has been some um, there's been some recent talk that there were a couple teams that had talked among themselves, and among them Alabama, which is weird, that uh, did not want to go to nine games at least originally. I, you know, it's hard to say whether you're looking at this practically. Of course, I want them to go to nine games. I, I am, I, I'm, you know, I don't, I, I like in that way. I like tradition. I want to keep Florida and Auburn on the schedule uh, on a regular basis. Um, the thing that I'm worried about them punting this down the road is I'm afraid that they're going to put South Carolina in our pod instead of Kentucky, which is just going to be like, if that is the outcome of this, I'm going to be really mad about it. I'm going to be mad at people at them and without any idea who them are, but I'm going to be mad at them for ruining uh, George Florida and Kentucky being in the same pod in a way. Um, but having said that, yeah, I think it should be nine games. It makes sense. Um, I think that is where most 
I think that is where most places are going. Nine games also allows for more marquee matchups, which is kind of what you want to have if you're going to go to ESPN and ask them to renegotiate a deal that they don't actually don't have to renegotiate. Um, and that is kind of what you want out of bringing Oklahoma and Texas over is that you want you want more cash, you want more money. Um, I mean, yeah, you want some more. I guess um, you know artillery shells when the when it starts with the okay, who is actually going to wind up to be in whatever the top division of college football is in five, ten, seven, or seven, uh, five, seven, ten, fifteen years? Because I think that's also where we're going on, on some in some way. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a hard split in that these teams are in this division, these teams that division. You're going to have these teams are in conferences where the money makes it so they're always going to have two or three teams in the 12-team playoff. And these divisions are these uh, conferences are the ones that are always, almost always going to have only one team in the 12 team playoff. Um, I, I'm not quite as um, bleak or uh, how, whatever the, the sociological word is um, as some in thinking that, you know, the SEC and Big Ten are going to pick up five more teams each and just make this, you know, a 40 team super division one. Um, but I, I guess if they do, they do, but getting back to the SEC schedule, what they're going to do in 24 just makes a ton of sense. As long as the scheduling is semi fair and, um, you don't wind up with something ridiculous, like uh, something ridiculous, like Georgia having to play Alabama, LSU and Texas A&M on the road and also Florida. Before we move on to, uh, I don't know if we have any more football stuff, but one more football thing I want to make sure we got to before we talked about the baseball situation, just excited to happen since we were here last. Um, I'm going to do a little trivia time for you guys. At, speaking of Athlon, there are three first-team All-Americans from Georgia on the Athlon <clears throat> All-American team. Name them. Brock Bowers? Yes. One is a junior, one is a sophomore. I haven't looked at our roster in, in nine months. Oh, I know. I know that. This is actually my overarching point. I guarantee you if Illinois had a, a All-American, preseason All-American, I would definitely know who it was. <laughs> because, not be, because there's just so many, because like, not because I, I love Illinois so much, but we just never get them. So we would obviously know Georgia is, uh, uh, is uh, there's three, so. Will we didn't we didn't we're not in our midseason form. <laughs> I know this is. I'm wanting to say I'm wanting to say Chris Smith and Nicobe Dean. Um, I don't even know uh, Roquan Smith. No, no, no. He's already graduated. The correct I, answers are uh, Jamon Dumont Johnson. I wouldn't have guessed that. JDJ and Malachi Starks. Yeah. Malachi Starks was probably the answer. Ah, uh, yeah. The point is, is Starks, that I mean that doesn't surprise me. So. Georgia is just stacking. That Georgia is so good. That they have preseasons all Americans that we don't we can't name. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that true. Is how good that is just true. So, yeah. want to talk about baseball? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, Wes Johnson uh, was hired uh, this week, actually, uh, as the new baseball coach. He's got quite a resume. I mean, he started out, uh, but he's he's been coaching for a while. He's about fifty years old. He's been all throughout the SEC West. He's been a pitching coach at Mississippi State. Uh, Arkansas, LSU. He went to the Minnesota Twins in 2019 uh, and then left midseason uh, in 2022 to then go be the pitching coach for LSU. Um, what that tells me is that he is very, uh, he, was, he was always looking towards this head coaching position. This is just my assumption uh, based on looking at his coaching timeline. But he's regarded as one of the the best, if not the best, pitching coach in the SEC. And what was Georgia lacking this college football season? Pitching. Uh, I think they almost led the league in walks and hit batters. Um, the offense was pretty decent, but they just couldn't hold leads um, with, with the pitching stuff. So maybe this will help uh, keep some of the guys that might be dipping their toe into the transfer portal uh, because of that LSU pedigree, and then also help, hopefully attract some uh, new arms and uh, keep some other guys uh, looking George's way. But I'm excited about it. I, did, I hated to see Strickland go, uh, but it it kind of had to be done after 10 years. Um, but Wes Johnson, I think I think he's gonna be a good a good hire. Yeah, I reached out to our friend Zach Rao at LSU. He was 
he was kind of hold on Wes Johnson just in that um, he's like, yeah, they, we, we had a lot of nagging pitching injuries, but they were, you know, it's like, I said, well, how excited were y'all to get him last year? He's like, oh, we were very excited. You know, a guy that had like essentially left a, a major league team as pitching coach to come down and be your pitching coach. You're excited by that. And that's kind of the way I stood on it. Uh, there are a lot of rumors out there that Georgia pursued uh, Campbell's head coach, uh, something hair, I think is the same. Um, and that, you know, it's maybe money got in the way. That's, that's a really hard thing for me to get my head around that if Josh Brooks wanted to hire somebody uh, and look, if, if you don't want to come here because you don't want to come here, that's one thing. I just didn't feel like money would be the thing. Uh, that feels like something somebody's agent would say um, to, to tell a newspaper, uh, non-newspaper reporter, reporter. Uh, I think this person was at Baseball America that, that actually that said that. Um, but I think I'm with Scott. You know, it's um, it, I hated to see Strickland go by all accounts, a, a nice guy, good guy someone that really cared about his players. But on the other hand, um, when you play baseball in the SEC, you were you were a top 20, 25 baseball team in the country this year, With frankly, with, with pitching that wasn't that great, and you still didn't make the NCAA tournament. And that's just because of the neighborhood you live in, right? You live in the toughest conference. I mean, there were like nine of the 16 national seeds were SEC teams. Um, which is just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it was, it was time for a change. You can, you can live in a world where it's time for a change and also hate that change had to be made. He'll be cursing the pandemic forever. That team yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, that, that team was tough. Yeah. That team was yeah. really, really good. So far, you know, it's early, but I, I don't necessarily, I feel like a lot of the hires have been, uh, uh, not bad ones, uh, so far. I mean, let's not forget like people for all the talk of, Kirby Smart's, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to do much of this, this athletic department because everything's rolling. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that have had to be replaced uh, at the at the at the high profile programs here at Georgia over the last two years. So we will definitely get a sense of where uh, Josh Brooks' uh, uh, hiring successes are because he has basically replaced every major position other than football uh, since he's got here. So we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about when you think about men's basketball. And apply that to, to 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 baseball. If you make the kind of improvement in baseball that Mike White made in basketball, I mean, you're definitely a second weekend team, right? You're hosting a super regional, probably. Um, so because Georgia was looking, I Georgia went into the SEC tournament as a team that you win a couple of games, you're going to be able to bubble, win three, and you're probably in. Yeah. Um, and that when you consider kind of what the baseball team looked like in the, I mean, they were just they were super streaky, right? They they lost some games they had no business losing. They lost some teams that had business losing too, but they also swept number four Arkansas on the road. So they had it was there. It just wasn't consistent. Yeah, yeah. Losing to teams like Princeton, uh, Jacksonville State, and then losing two out of three down the stretch to Missouri, uh, a team that wasn't that great this year. Um, you know, I was hoping they were going to catch fire, kind of like how Texas A and M did. They almost made the super regional. They lost to Stanford in the in the championship game out in Palo Alto. But, uh, yeah, I, I love college baseball. It comes at the perfect time, especially when it gets hot, you know, the end of the SEC season. And then, um, I mean, I'll sit there and Walker and, and I will watch the regionals all day long. We'll watch the super regionals this weekend. And of course, Omaha is, is fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about I'm excited about the change. I wonder if Kale Strickland, the the stud recruit from North Oconee, Scott Strickland's son, who was committed to Georgia, I wonder if he will still be considering that or if he will be going elsewhere. So my guess is no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Generally speaking, I I don't know if I would sign up for a place that just fired my dad. As much as I would, I love the red and black. It will win. Is, it will win is, um. When's the baseball draft? I I just never remember. It's all, it's all they do it All Star Weekend. That's the big thing that they do that. Uh, that's right. Okay, I couldn't remember. I knew it was in the summertime. I just couldn't remember when it when it is. It's Sunday, Sunday, July 9th of the week. Uh, the basically the week right before the All Star break. Okay. Or yeah, right before the All Star break. So they switch that. It's actually kind of madness. It, it's good. For, they're trying. MLB's trying to pump up the draft and make yep. it more of a TV thing. I like, watched it last year. Yeah, it's better than it used to be, but yeah. like it's still like you know, in college football, like everybody knows who gets picked. You know, mm -hmm. in NBA, you know, everybody know everybody knows Wimbenaya, but uh, baseball's hard. 
I mean, they last year they at least had the son of a great major league, two son of two great major league baseball players as the first two picks, Jackson Holiday and Drew Jones. So that's about as exciting as you're going to get last year. Yeah, and Holiday is really doing well. Drew Jones, not so much. That's it's early though. It's early. Yeah, it's early. It's early. Yeah. And Jackson Holiday, my friend, shout out to my friend Tim Kelly, who is a diehard Orioles fan. Uh, Jackson Holiday, he went he went and watched him play a minor league game, and he looks like he is younger than all of our children. Wow, <laughs> he looks he looks like a absolute little beat. Um, uh, but anyway, so so yeah, so that, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, basketball wise, you know, I think that I, if you look, uh, Bart Torvik, Bart Torvik is a great analytical site that's kind of the Bill Connolly along with Ken Pomeroy of college basketball. He actually adjusts uh, with all the crazy roster stuff that's going on. Uh, he adjusts the top uh, when you add R.J. Melendez, for example, a player that came from Illinois to go to Georgia. He adjusts their st- their their projections. Georgia's projected to be 86th in the country this year, which is again, you know, lower than say one where the <laughs> program is, but higher than say Georgia Tech, which is 103, uh, Georgetown, which is one one which is 171, and uh, Georgia State, which by the way, I'm starting to feel like maybe uh, that program did not do the immediate turnarounds. Everyone was screaming was going to happen uh, when Hayes was hired, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I I don't know. I do I think Georgia's a tournament team next year? Probably not, uh, mm. but uh, they at least have a shot at it, which is more than you can say for really any time. Tom, I'll put it this way: no one's hired Tom Cream yet, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's fair to say that's not happening. CBS Sports has. Yeah, CBS Sports, yes. Anyone, anyone, yes. They've hired him to talk on television. They've hired him to talk about sports, which, th- to tell you how hard it is to get that job, I do that. <laughs> so, so it's not that hard to, yeah. get that, to get that job. So, uh, so yeah. But, all right, do you have anything else we want to hit? I would like to mention one thing. Um, earlier this week, the Georgia Bulldog community lost an icon um uh yeah a close thank you for bringing that up scott i meant to a, say it. Yeah. a close family friend of me uh shelton stevens who is the former executive director of choa children's Healthcare of atlanta um if you've been to many georgia georgia tech games shelton was the one giving the governor's uh cup to either kirby smart or paul johnson because uh, last i say paul johnson yeah yeah he gave he uh shelton was was roommates fraternity brothers with lewis rosard um, and he's a personal family friend of me. I think of him as a father figure. His son, Pat, and I were fraternity brothers. Pat was in my wedding. I've known Shelton for almost 29 years. Um, I did a retirement video for him when he retired back in 2017, uh, where probably upward, we, we put probably about 40 to 50 celebrities wishing him happy retirement. I mean, everyone from Tim Hudson to Matt Ryan to Ray Goff to Jim Donnan to Kirby Smart uh, and, and the list goes on to media folk. Um, but truly one of the kindest, uh, most fun-loving, would do anything for you um, type of men that you would want to try to you know, emulate yourself like um, passed away Right now is the time when we are looking back. And so here's one of the great things about doing what I do. Um, like I said, back in 2017, I was asked to help create a retirement video for him. I, I joined him and his family at Truist Park, or it was SunTrust Park back then, for a Georgia-Georgia Tech game when he was throwing out the first pitch. And uh, I took some of that footage and put it in the edit. Well, it dawned on me after his passing, I was like, I keep all of my footage. Um, and I went back to my mem- my hard drive. I had about 50 minutes of footage of me following him around, him talking to me on camera, shaking hands with Danny Hall and like Coach Guy and talking to people on the field of that game. And I'm putting together all of that footage to send to his family just so they can have. Um, and I talked to his son, my friend Pat, and he... He asked for it. Yeah, he was like, absolutely. We would love to have that. So it warms my heart uh, to be able to do that for a special friend and someone who the Georgia Bulldog Nation loved so dearly and had such an integral role in helping kids, helping charities, raising money, uh, and doing just so much good in his life. So 
we'll miss you, Shelton. I'm going to miss you as I get choked up thinking about it. But, um, you know, he's a damn good dog. And, uh, and yeah, just, just happy that you were an influential part in my life. Will, did you know any of the history of Sheldon or, or Shoa and the uh, Georgia George Tech game, the the Thanksgiving, the old old school JB game, um, because it was, I mean, literally that, the fun the fundraising for that game and and how that impacted both the Atlanta community and how the Atlanta how Georgia and Georgia Tech are tied together in supporting children's health care. I mean, the University of Georgia now does. Uh, both the University of Georgia and, and Georgia Tech do uh, miracle to raise money for Choa. Um, that's a direct result of Shelton's work. Um, and I, I do not know him in the same way Scott does. But if you've been around this community at all times, uh, at any time for for long enough, you will run into will have run into him or been impacted by the work he did. I saw Christian Robinson tweeted out, um, uh, not for self, but for others that Sheldon live by that. And that's, that was the motto um, of uh, you know, Dean Leah Tate, who's former longtime um, Dean of, of Students for the University of Georgia. Uh, and in the Tate Center, there is a plaque that has the Latin phrase, non sibi set Alice, which actually means that. And man, did Shelton ever live that. He just basically lived his life to serve others. And um, he will be sorely missed. Yeah, I... Uh... I had the opportunity to meet him once to obviously not know him as well as uh, you all did. But thank you for the words. I really loved uh, Scott, obviously very close uh, to uh, to him in this. And I've read some of, I, I think uh, uh, I think a few places have had good kind of uh, uh, nice write-ups about him this week. I saw Drew Butler was talking about him a lot uh, as well. So, uh, so yeah, so always, um, uh, it's always, always um, all right. So uh, Scott had to go run and get a dog. Uh, that dog barking in the background it might have been taco or might have just been a random dog one never knows but um uh tony is there is there anything that you were wanting to make sure to hit before we uh before we uh transition into the next phase of our summer experience no man have fun in london that's great you you're taking your parents right and my sister my sister is coming i feel like the best gift i i, I realize this now that i'm a parent that like one of the best gifts that I'm, uh, and you're going to, obviously you're, you know, your kid's getting older. You're going to understand this. The, uh, the best gift I can give my mom is just having some sort of event where the, all of her children are together with her husband at the same time. Yeah. Those happen, uh, increasingly rarely. I'm already starting to notice this summer. I just don't, I just don't know where my kids are half the time. It's weird. I'm not used to that. That's something that apparently is something uh, that is in store for me, uh, pretty soon. But, uh, cause I've got the youngest kids in all of, uh, of the three hosts of this podcast. So, uh, and kind of wild. My, my oldest now has her dorm assignment at UGA. So, holy uh, yeah, holy yeah. cow! Yep, still waiting to hear from the Redcoats, but I feel pretty comfortable that uh, that uh, you know she she gave her best effort in the audition video, um, and hopefully she'll hear it pretty quickly. Uh, if for no other reason, she can have some resolution about it, and and probably more importantly to me to know whether or not she'll need it. Uh, she'll have uh, she'll need tailgate space with us, or she will be too full hang out with their red coat friends to come and hang out oh, with their parents. Uh, yeah, she, she will definitely be too cool by the way, either way, whether it's the red coats or something else. <laughs> but, um, thanks for that, Scott, by the way, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to, glad to, uh, bring that up. Celebrate. So, but otherwise I think, I, I think, I think that we've covered everything going on in the Georgia sports, uh, uh, and held off until, cause we're, cause the thing is we're getting close enough now that like we're we're gonna have to have one more show this summer, and at that show we will start scheduling preview shows. And are we gonna we call be. that our new season, even though we never get it right? We never get it right. We we'll start debating new, over that. Yeah, we started this season about five or six times, and in yeah. the, the old one, three or four. Times. But what is amazing is when when we had that fateful meeting at uh, Grindhouse. That was June of 2015. It's now June of 2023 when we made that decision. So it, we are. Fully under our eighth year. Yeah, I, I love that our brand is we don't know we don't know what season to call stuff. That's, I'm okay, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's like it's like like if you like Survivor is on like season thirty nine or something. Yeah. I'm like, wait, like you have not been on for thirty nine years, right? And right. it's no one you've been on thirty nine. It's only been on four years. And and t and Tony's audio still is always the one that's kind of screwy. Yeah. So that's 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 what we do here. We we keep it real. That's what we do. But I will enjoy the rest of your summers, gentlemen. 
Right, Same thanks, to you. Cool. Thanks, Scott. I'm off, I'm off to London, off to Montana again. I expect to see all those WSLS listeners in in Missoula, Montana next week. Just come on by. We'll buy you three American or 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 imported beers. Whatever beers you want, I will buy you three if you come up and say I listen to the WSLS podcast in Missoula. Nice. Right. Otherwise, uh, we'll chat soon. But I'm great to talk to you guys. I hope we scratch the itch for you, Tony. You absolutely did. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk soon. Until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I don't know how to add this to it, so I just wanted to hit the the start. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will be back in, I'd guess, sometime in July. And uh, but until then, you know, make sure to enjoy your summer vacations. Get your reading done. Uh, get caught up so you can be on the same level with us because we are experts and uh yeah take care and and go dogs and uh have a great summer